0: sharp pointed and insightful this is stacy on the right on american family radio and urban family talk this administration doesn't want immigrants coming in any more than absolutely necessary he wants to limit legal immigration he wants to penalize legal immigrants who use public benefits
1: i don't think that there should be limits on the special prosecutor uh, Donald Trump should be treated like any other witness. There are all kinds of theories about whether a president in a criminal matter can be subpoenaed. I believe that the president is like any other American and can be, let's test that. I've never been involved in, a, in, in an investigation on, on either side that's more illegitimate than this one. The real story here is not that this case isn't gonna fizzle, it's gonna blow up on them. The idea of the shadow ban is that you ban someone but they don't know they've been banned. Because they keep posting, but no one sees their content. So they just think that no one's engaging with their content when in reality no one's seeing it. And
0: now, Stacy Washington.
2: Welcome to the program. It's Stacy Washington, Stacy on the Right, host of Stacy on the Right, right here on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. It's a pleasure to be with you. It's Thursday, or Friday Eve as I like to call it, and we have a lot of show for you today. A lot of wonderful things going on, including me just getting back from hearing, I'd it was my honor to hear for the second time, actually, in the past couple of years, but specifically today, uh, the CEO of Hobby Lobby speaking to a group of unconventional business people here in the St. Louis area. It's a Christian business organization, and uh, they had a luncheon, and I was able to attend. I'm going to be a keynote speaker for the unconventional business women's luncheon uh, gathering type event that's in October here in St. Louis metro area. And if you're going to be in the area or if you're interested in attending that, you can find out more. I'll have information on that in this week's newsletter that'll come out on Sunday evening. I have to say it was such a pleasure to listen to Mr. Green talk about his faith and the start of Hobby Lobby, which was something that started in, on his dining room table as a kid. His, his father started this business on their dining room table he was paid $0.07 cents an hour to help put the frames together. His father saw a need. He filled a need, and now they're a multibillion-dollar corporation. They're international. But the big work that they do beyond selling all kinds of fantastic stuff for dorm rooms and, um, you know, scripture verses that you can hang on the wall, I have stuff at our house that's from there. I love Hobby Lobby. It's a wonderful place to go for almost anything, even fabric you can go there and get, but beyond the service that he provides to consumers – is the Christian work that they do. And it was, I, I had no idea that Hobby Lobby, the family behind Hobby Lobby, the Green family were instrumental in putting together the Bible museum in Washington, DC. And so that is someplace that I, I'd already said, you know, I've had a couple of friends who've been there and said, it's so phenomenal. And he even joked around at the luncheon today. He said, you know, people always say it ex- exceeded my expectations. And then he says, he thinks to himself, Hmm. Well, I wonder how high their expectations could have been for a museum about the Bible. And everyone in the room laughed. But it was an amazing moment because he himself is acknowledging that people can and do um have a certain thought process about the Bible that it's that it's not modern, that it's not applicable to today that really, it's something akin to a fictional work or Uh, You know, as a historical work with a lot of phantasmagorical tales in it. And I know as Bible-believing Christians, that's not the way we view it, but so many Americans do. And this, this museum not only walks you through the Bible, but it also proves the impact that the Bible has had on the world today and on our country. And it shows us, it's like walking into the Bible instead of just holding it in your hand and reading and experiencing it that way. It's another way to experience it. And so I, I feel so motivated to include that on the next time we go and visit our family. I have, I have family in the metro D.C. area, um, actually in Virginia. And the next time we're there, I plan to devote a whole day to going to that museum. The images that he showed, you would think it's like, you know, just a plain exhibits that you walk up and you read something. It's completely interactive. It's the ultimate in technological marvels coupled with the word of God. And it's an experience. I I could see the the wonder of it just in the photographs that he was showing. And so I want to encourage you to uh, consider putting that on your list if you're going to be doing some vacationing or making some travel plans, even if it's for business to stop into that museum, which is in Washington. So today on the program, we have wonderful guests. We're going to be speaking to U.S. congressional candidate Brad Sostak, uh, He's running up against Charlie Christ. So we'll be talking to him in hour one. And then we have the director of outreach for American Family Association, Wesley Wildman, who will be coming on to talk to us about Engage Magazine. Now, this is important. It's a new ministry of American Family Association. And we're excited about Engage Magazine. And Wesley's going to talk to us about that here today on the program in hour two. We also want to point you to, you know, it's this, it's this whole week. So we have today and tomorrow to get you to come on board with us and get your free copy of the Truth for Youth Bible by calling 800-733. So 800-733-4737, 800-733-4737, or going to truthforyouth.com and selecting options there. You can also get, um, instead of just one one Bible, you can get that one for yourself for free, or you can pay $2 per and get copies for almost everyone um, that you might want. And that's such a reasonable amount. And so we're really excited about that. And one more programming note, please do consider joining us for for the wonderful, we we have something really fantastic going on, and that is our um, marriage and family conference that's happening in Tupelo, and that's next week. And what we need you to do is to seriously consider joining us. We have an amazing number of people who've already opted to be with us that day, the two days, for Friday and Saturday. Uh, But we'd love to have you there. And it's not too late to register. So just head over to urbanfamilytalk.com and you can do that. And we'll see you in Tupelo. I'd love to shake your hand uh, and and just enjoy those two days worth of awesome programming uh, with you. So consider doing that. So what's on the show today politically? Because, you know, politics, style, culture... Uh, we're we're here to talk about that, and I have to say, this next bit that we're going to go into. Well, first of all, I, everyone knows I'm not a huge Maddow fan, but she is really popular among Americans for political commentary, and she has pretty good ratings for her program. Um, and and so when she says things on her on her show, it's important that we kind of fact check that because she's speaking to this huge audience and. They pretty much take it in whole cloth, whatever she says. So it was really disturbing to me to hear her really twist and uh, deform the comments of Devin Nunez. He's in a he's at a private fundraiser. He's, uh, you know, talking about what's at stake in the midterms in November. And he said if if Mueller won't clear Trump, we're the only ones. And He was talking about Congress now. Never mind. The things that we read in the emails about Hillary Clinton and John Podesta and all of that, that that Maddow never had a problem with. Never mind all of the other times that Democrats have been overheard or heard directly saying things about blacks, women, Hispanics, poor people, people without college educations, people who believe in the Bible, people who believe in traditional marriage, people who want to seal the border Anyone who disagrees with them, they regularly have just the the best time chewing those people up and spitting them out. They just tongue lash at will. And Rachel Maddow never has a thing to say about it. She never, ever takes anyone on the left to task and says, look, that was out of line. And that's where she could have some credibility. And so if I hear some audio of Devin Nunez saying something that's completely out of the pale, of course, I'm going to say, oh, wow, that's that's unadvisable. He probably shouldn't have said that. And here's why. But Rachel Maddow doesn't ha- seem to have that compass that works both ways. It's only her crying on her show about um, you know c- people being separated when all criminel- criminals are separated from their kids. That is actually a part of being a criminal, is that when you're caught, you're separated from your kids and your family, your favorite aunt, your godmother. You're separated from those people because you're prosecuted and then you're incarcerated. So there's, this is not a shock. But when she's not crying about stuff that really has nothing to do with her and she's on the wrong side of, She's kind of, I just, I want you to listen. As you're listening to her in this, and we only have one clip, so don't worry, I'm not going to torture you today. One clip of Rachel Maddow talking about this. She sounds so, uh, I'll let you tell me, and we are going to have our fast five listener calls at the end of this hour, so you'll get a chance to weigh in on this and any other topic that you like. But right now, let's listen to Rachel Maddow talking about Nunez, and I think you get to hear a little bit of that too. Congressman Devin Nunes leads the, Intelligence Committee. As I said, that's a really big deal. It's a big responsibility. Uh, Kathy McMorris Rogers helps lead the whole Republican caucus in Congress. At this closed door private fundraiser for Congresswoman McMorris Rogers last week, Devin Nunes spelled out in quite blunt terms how he views his role in Congress when it comes to the Russia investigation. And how he sees the responsibility of all Republicans in Congress when it comes to the Russia investigation, specifically why he sees it as so important for them to keep their majority so they keep control of Congress in the elections this fall as I said this is just the last last clip here one more piece of tape from this fundraiser. here we go
1: so there am I so it's like your classic catch22 situation where we I mean, were at a this this is what, what puts us in such a tough spot. If Sessions won't refuse
0: and Mueller won't clear the president, we're the only ones, which is really the danger. That's why I keep, and thank you for saying that, by the way, I mean, we have to keep
1: all these. We have to keep the majority. If we do not keep the majority,
2: all of this goes away.
1: We're the only ones. That's the danger.
2: So did you hear what he said? Uh, if we don't keep the majority, we're the only ones. In other words, we're the, the people standing between the president being impeached, which is the goal of the Democrats, and that actually happening. Now, what happens if the president is impeached? Well, If he's impeached, but yet he remains in office, it just cripples his ability to put forward his agenda because the American people will see him as, you know, it it downgrades his status. He's still the president, but it makes it very difficult for him to get things done. The American people will expect him to kind of give up on some of his agenda and move to the middle and and work with the Democrats. And I'm not saying people on the right will, but definitely mainstream Americans will see him, you know, it, it, it lowers his stature. Now, if he's convicted of some crime or tried and convicted or there's some kind of charge leveled against him, then it it, it jeopardizes the presidency. Now, none of these things seem likely, but that's the hope of the Democrats. And the Democrats aren't just out to advance their agenda during a time where they're not in power. Their their intent is to take power back. People on the left want power back from the president. So here's the problem. If we reverse it. And it's Congresswoman Maxine Waters talking about how if we don't keep President Obama safe from this investigation in, into Benghazi, we lose everything. We lose our ability to advance our agenda. You know, it's just us. It's just Congress standing between the Republicans and impeachment. Matta wouldn't have had a problem with that. And that's the double standard that's the issue here. It's the thing that stinks in the nostrils of Americans across this country. It makes it. Impossible to trust anything that you hear coming from a mainstream media apparatus, because, you know, deep down, all they want to do is see Donald Trump delegitimized, impeached and removed from office, even though because they never think things all the way through to their conclusion. You're talking also about then it being Mike Pence, who was the governor of Indiana and oversaw some of the most conservative reforms that were implemented across the country. A man who's God-fearing, who doesn't even have dinner or drinks or meetings unless, with women alone and, and only eats out with his wife. A God-fearing Christian man. But they, I guess they see him as an easier target or they've got something they think they're going to be able to mount against him so they can impeach him as well. It's funny to me that this is their tack after eight years of President Obama, who literally said, I, it's hope and change. And when we said, what's change? He said, we're going to transform this country. Transformation means a complete about face from the current iteration. And half of Americans were like, yeah, we need to completely transform America, which is, by the way, something you're going to hear exclusively from people who live in first world countries. You never hear people in third world countries talking about transforming anything because they don't have the mechanism to do it. Even if they did talk about it, they couldn't get it done. But here in America, we're so free and we have so much liberty that we have these really uninformed people who are bound to their ideology, trying to take away everything we have that's good and wonderful and really freedom, liberty, America. So she's got a problem with him saying Congress stands between that. Well, I wonder why. All right. When we get back, we'll have Brad Sostak, U.S. congressional candidate. Stay there.
1: Of Redeem Clean felt God call him to support the American Family Association. I'm a laundryman. I'm the son of a laundryman, too. I love clean clothes. I love the business. I love everything about it. This project was built exclusively to support AFA and AFR. There's no strings attached. Another thing that I would like to see come out of this is that I would like to see other business people feel a calling to support. Ministries, wherever and whatever they do to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. In addition to your regular AFA giving, Redeem Clean Laundry Detergent allows you to increase your support of AFA just by continuing to wash your family's clothes. For clean laundry and support of a cleaner society, it's Redeem Clean. Learn more, find options, and get Redeem Clean products at afastore.net.
0: That's afastore.net. Hi, I'm Crawford Loritz with a Legacy Moment. One day, a close friend of mine was driving home after a very long, hard day at the office. He was exhausted. Unfortunately, he fell asleep at the wheel while driving on the expressway. He ran into an SUV carrying a mother and her three children. Both vehicles flipped over and were totally destroyed. Now, here's the miracle. Everybody walked away with relatively minor injuries. Their lives were spared. Some of us have fallen asleep on the expressway of life. Perhaps you're listening to me right now and you're not sure about your eternal destination. You've ignored all the warnings. Or maybe you are a follower of Christ, but you haven't been following so closely lately. There is stuff in your life that you need to take care of, and God has been warning you. He has been saying to you, Look, pay attention to this. In fact, the Bible teaches that our whole world is on a collision course and there will be casualties. Judgment is a sure thing, but God will spare and reward those who are faithful. Second Chronicles chapter 34, verses 27 through 28 gives a sobering word here. God has had enough of the compromise and sin of his people, and now he says it's time for judgment. He said to good King Josiah, Because your heart was tender and you humbled yourself before God, I truly have heard you, declares the Lord. Behold, I will gather you to your fathers, and you shall be gathered to your grave in peace, so your eyes will not see all the evil which I will bring on this place and on its inhabitants. Well, here's what I want you to remember today. God does not want you to perish. He wants to spare your life. Now, right now, settle the issue. Surrender your life to Christ. Legacy Moment is a production of Moody Radio. Of Moody Global Ministries. This is Stacy on the Right with Stacy Washington on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk.
2: Welcome back to the program, everybody. Uh, We are working through technical type things while we do a fantastic program for you. I have new call screening software that I'm trying to work through and um, I just had an unexpected error and it shut down on me. Then we're coming back from the break. So (laughs) live radio, welcome to uh, our world here at American family radio and urban family talk. We're happy to be with you com and at StaceyOnTheRight on Twitter and Instagram. You can also go to the American Family Radio Facebook page where you find not just information about this program, but information about all of the programs on American Family Radio and the individual hosts that... Make the network what it is. Fantastic to be with you today. Uh, I hope you're walking in the land and experiencing uh, just all that God has for you. Mercies, new every morning, all that good stuff. Um, so, right now, I want to welcome Brad Sostak. He's a U.S. congressional candidate. His opponent is Representative Charlie Christ. And um, I want to say hi. Thanks, Brad, for coming on today. Hey,
1: Stacy. How, uh, how are you? Doing well here. Thanks.
2: I'm doing well. I'm I'm really interested in um, your take on the race that you're running. So U.S. congressional candidate, first of all, tell us about the district and why you decided to run.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the district of is the 13th congressional district, which is uh, most of Pinellas County, so St. Petersburg and Clearwater, uh, just west of Tampa Bay there. Um, it's an interesting district. They're calling it a, a D-plus-two district, so it's about 50-50, maybe um, slightly Democratic uh we got a lot of independence in the district and uh you know charlie christ has uh, been in the house for one term here and um you know i think i think it's right for with the, with the direction our country's heading uh i think uh you know it's going uh, very very positively under president trump for many reasons uh you know the economy and and many other things uh, i think it's uh, a right shot to pick this up and pick one up for the republicans here in district 13
2: Okay, so now that so Florida District 13, we have people listening on terrestrial radio there and live streaming all over the country. So we definitely have people listening around that district. Now we're we're also looking at the interesting dynamic for the midterms, where I've heard every possible outcome predicted from every possible. Source, You know, the, the world will burn to the ground on November uh, 8th when we have the midterms. The world might go up in flames. Kim Jong-un might be the new president. You know, you, you might be a different nationality at that point. It, anything is possible, according to pollsters and experts and analysts. And everyone's weighing in. Where do you see things since you're on the ground in Florida? Where do you see this going for the, the, the House? Is it going to stay with the Republicans? Losses, wins? What do you think will happen?
1: Uh, you know, I think that I have two thoughts there, um, and everything you said is absolutely true. You know, lots of different polls out there, which are predicting a variety of different outcomes. What I will say that we learned from the 2016 election is that don't uh, don't put all your eggs in one basket, and, and don't. Uh, I wouldn't trust these polls 100. percent You know, uh, anything can happen. Uh, what I will say is, I'll just, um, I'll just. Uh, Give, give you my perspective and what I've been hearing from the Democrats. You know, um, Nancy Pelosi has basically straight up come out and said, "Hey, if uh, the Democrats retake a majority, uh, we're gonna we're gonna rescind the tax cuts, and you're gonna get a you're gonna get a, a pay cut." Um, they've also said that uh, you know many many want to abolish ICE, um, you know, open up our borders and uh, make us less safe. And you have uh, even some openly socialist candidates out there, as we've seen uh, around the country, who are, are gaining in popularity. And it just goes to show that, you know, the Democrats are, are moving even further and further to the left, which I think is out of touch with most of America. Um, and, uh, you know, I think uh, we have a great job to flip this seat here in Pinellas um, in District 13.
2: So and, and I, I, I'm, I absolutely think it's wonderful for you to come on here and explain to listeners exactly in contrast what your agenda is in comparison with. The, your opponent, especially since the the many people in leadership on the left have stated that they want to roll back the tax cuts, which have been popular with Americans on a bipartisan basis, and they are also interested in doing some interesting things with uh, with a single payer health care, and they want to impeach the president, which would mire our political lives down for almost two years. That would take uh, that's a process that would near almost two years. And it would completely destroy any mo- momentum in getting the president's agenda accomplished. How, how does your plan for being a congressman uh, contrast with that of Representative Charlie Crist?
1: Yep, I think, uh, you know, when I think about uh, how Charlie Crist has voted in the past and then how he will continue to vote, uh, he pretty much votes in lockstep with uh, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. So if you want a rubber stamp Democrat who who pretty much will uh, probably vote for impeachment. I, I'd, I'd love to hear uh, his opinion now on whether uh, he would vote for something like that. Um, you know, I'd love to hear his opinion on uh, things like uh, open borders and what we should do about uh, our southern border, which is extremely porous, uh, you know, guns and drugs and uh, human trafficking and all that coming across. Um, and, and you know, again, I think the Democrats are, are really, really getting more and more out of touch with what uh, America wants to focus on. That, that being said, there are some legitimate problems that I think we can work on on a bipartisan um, uh, basis. You know, the biggest, one of the biggest ones is health care. Um, after the Affordable Care Act, which, which turned out to be not so affordable for a majority of Americans, um, you know, insurance costs continue to rise and rise. Something absolutely has to be done there. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's disheartening to see um, that these insurance companies are essentially just middlemen, uh, and bureaucrats making a ton of money off of the American taxpayer, uh, and then you have Medicare fraud, which adds up to about sixty billion dollars a year—sixty billion dollars of Medicare fraud—and no one's going after this. Should be should be easy pickings to find money somewhere to take care of our health. When you think about it, uh, the health of of, of America and Americans—you know—if you, know, you don't—if you have your health, you have everything.
2: I, I got to say um, that should be something that's bipartisan support. You know eliminating the fraud, helping to put that money where it could be better used for citizens, because those are tax dollars that Americans have to work and earn in order for the government to then allow them to be defrauded.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, we've seen rising rising health insurance costs and rising out-of-pocket costs. And, um, you know, it's, it's an area I think the Democrats and Republicans can agree. Something has to be done um, and something should be done soon to take care of Americans. Um, the other thing, too, that I find interesting is President Trump last month announced a second round of tax cuts here scheduled for September or October, which are aimed even more squarely at the middle class. And, you know, I hate to think if the Democrats uh, retook a majority in the House or the Senate to, to have that um, the middle class specifically suffer by rolling back those tax cuts 2.0.
2: Okay, so let's talk about that. That's something that, oh, I'm so interested in that, Brad. I mean, it can't come at, at a sooner time. It can't come fast enough for me, and they can't make the cuts too deep. What exactly do you know about the president's interests or plans on that second round of tax cuts?
1: Yeah, I think, I think very little other than the fact that they have been announced and that the plan is in the works. I was pretty excited about the tax
2: cuts to begin with because you
1: saw what it did to our economy. You know, people re- record on un- record. Low unemployment levels, uh, wages are rising for the fastest time in a while. Um, you know, pretty much every subset of America—you have women, minorities, um, and, and uh, every every um, group breaking these these uh, employment levels—and it's just great to see. And that's burned on by the reinvestment in America, bringing these manufacturing jobs back to America, bringing companies that have outsourced for the longest time back to America, and that's where this growth is coming from. You know, the 4.1 percent GDP, which actually shattered. The, uh, you know every economist's uh, outlook. You know they've said 3.0 GDP couldn't be done in quarter two. Well, uh, President Trump and his advisors uh, got us there, and they got us actually up to 4.1. Um, the next round of tax cuts will again be aimed more squarely at the middle class. And uh, when I hear Nancy Pelosi get up there and say, you know, thousand dollars, two thousand dollars a year, which two thousand dollars a year is the average amount that an American family of four will get back from these first round of tax cuts, when she refers to that as crumbs. Yeah, you know, it just shows how out of touch uh, you know the multi-millionaires in Congress are. Uh, they forget they forget where they come from.
2: Yeah, you know, I have no problem with anyone being out of touch. My problem is when you're out of touch and then you say things that would or, or vote for things that would make your out-of-touchness touch the rest of us. Like, let, let the rest of us enjoy the 2000 If it's nothing to you, it shouldn't bother you that we get it. <laughs> just just let the rest of us get it, and you just, you know, zip it. Don't don't talk about taking that away. I think $2,000 is a significant amount of money for most Americans, and even for those that it's not significant, if you don't think that's a lot of money, just invest it. Just put it in a savings account somewhere. You don't have to tell the rest of us that our $2,000 isn't good enough for you. Just do whatever you want with your own. So um, I, I, the other thing that I think is pretty interesting is we have the foreign policy aims, and I know Congress controls the purse, but you also have the ability to do things with our immigration. Um, and we've had gridlock. Most of Congress seems to be unable to come together and, and really say, look, bipartisan fashion, we need to protect Americans and we need to have a border that we control. It, and how that's controlled is really up to Congress do you see anything happening with that um, in after the midterms
1: yeah you know uh, from my perspective it's really a shame that it's taking taken this long to get here uh, when I think about the last government shutdown the Schumer shutdown when uh, essentially the Democrats um, shut down the government to um, they, they wanted a solution for for illegal immigrants and they put illegal immigrants in front of um, you know hard-working Americans they were willing to shut down the government over it Um, I think that we absolutely need to build the wall. Like I said, our our southern border is extremely porous, guns, drugs, and other bad things coming over. Um, And uh, we need to shift to a merit-based immigration system that eliminates the visa lottery and eliminates chain migration. Um, And, you know, I would really, for fundamental things like this, what I would love to see is, you know, I think a majority of Americans have shown that that something needs to be done about our border. I would be open to a national referendum on something like this where, hey, it's clear that Congress is out of touch with the will of the American people in terms of immigration, or at least the Democrats are. Um, you know, we want a solution. We want it now. Let's do something about it. Congress figure it out. Um,
2: well, I'm very hopeful that we'll have some solutions on some of these really important issues to all of Americans uh, after the midterms. Thank you so much, Brad Sostak, U.S. congressional candidate. Your opponent is Representative Charlie Chris. We've also reached out to him to ask if he'll come on and present his side. And we thank you for your time today.
1: Thank you so much, Stacy, for having me.
2: Take All care. Right, God bless. Take care. Um, thank you guys for uh, the awesome messages of encouragement that I've been getting. I, I've been meaning to make a note on my show sheet to say that. I want to say thanks to uh, people who've been sending tweets and direct messages and that type of stuff saying um, how excited they are for this opportunity for me to be on the radio, on American Family Radio Live uh, for the first hour of my show. I want to say thanks for that. And I understand that you know it's it, everyone's not happy, but I want to just give glory to God here in this moment, live on the air, um, for answered prayer and for His mercies and for provision, and just that I appreciate being here, and it is an honor and a privilege for me to be able to do this. Um, and so I, I was just. I know I shared already, but I just want to also say I know uh, Steve Green, the CEO of Hobby Lobby, I'm still kind of riding high off his remarks. He was so encouraging. And he mentioned today that he's written a book, which uh, I I don't know why I didn't know that because I've heard him speak before. But um, I, I would encourage people to, you know, take a look and, and maybe download it on Audible. And they were talking; they were mentioning just the encouragement for people who are in business. And so, if you're in business or you work and you're a part of a business, um, it's it's supposed to be this really encouraging book about how to do business and how to uh, glorify God. And one of the speakers, who's a local leader here for Unconventional Business Network, was talking about how difficult it is for people who go into workplaces that um where ego rules the day and they the the almighty dollar is worshiped and how hard it is to kind of go into those environments on a daily basis and he when he was talking about it he was saying that his passion is for increasing the amount of businesses that have a godly outlook and i thought that was pretty phenomenal because normally i mean obviously my my world is politics culture family um you know the christian worldview and all of that but not so much what happens at the workplace. So it was interesting to hear that he talked about having this passion for that and increasing the amount of businesses and workplaces that have this, um, it's like a welcoming, comforting place where everyone's working towards advancing the aims of the business and and glorifying God with their work. So fascinating afternoon or morning, I should say, before the show. I want to give you guys some information on, how minorities are winning under President Trump. So yesterday I talked about some of the accomplishments of the president. And I just gave you the tip of the iceberg. There apparently is a list of 700. I believe you can find that at the Daily Caller. I'll have to double check. Um, But this list, I want to give you the top takeaways for minorities in this country under the president. And so this isn't about worshiping or being a sycophant. This is about the truth. And when a community is suffering, it's all of us as Americans who suffer because any pathology you find in one community, let's say, you know, something that's going on in a community in, you know, Texas somewhere or, or, or you know, Philadelphia, and that is, you think, contained in that area. But you know how Americans are. We have a billion flights a year in this country and Americans travel all over. And what, something you find in one inner city, you'll find in the suburbs, you'll find it in an, another inner city. We're all connected in that way because we all live in America and we all participate in this culture. And so when we can improve the prospects for one area, that trickles out the same as when we have something really negative and oppressive going on in one area that trickles out into the culture. So we have to be really cognizant of that and want the best. So under President Obama, African-American unemployment was on average 5.2% higher than the general population, and Hispanic unemployment averaged 1.9% higher. Under President Trump, minority unemployment plummeted. The unemployment gap has narrowed to 3% for African Americans and 0.8%, less than 1% for Hispanics. Now, let's talk a little bit about the prison reform. The First Step Act, which includes sentencing reforms and hosting a prison reform summit, allowed the president to get input from over 100 activists, experts, and policymakers. And as Christians, we're called to care for the poor, the sick, the widowed, and those who are in prison. A person who goes to prison is not immediately written out of our society and and can never be redeemed. But we want to make sure as Christians that we are remembering that. And for all of the criticism that we offer up for the president, we can also offer up encouragement The Asian American unemployment rate has decreased from 3.8% to 3.1. African American unemployment rate has decreased from 7.8% to 6.6%. And that's from 8 to 2018. And there are so many other statistics here that I can share. But I hear the music. So when we get back, that's the last segment of this first hour of the show. We'll be taking your calls. Get in the call queue if you want. 866-963-2037. 866-963-2037. I'm Stacy. I'll be right back. What does it take to live an uncommon life? Here's former Super Bowl winning coach Tony Dungy with today's Uncommon Moment.
1: I used to talk to my team about the difference between perception and reality. The public perceives players as different from the ordinary people their families and friends know. But to win and be effective, our players needed to dig beyond perceptions and look at reality. Not at their reputations or past performances, but who they were on the field. Our perceptions aren't always accurate. But if we measure these things by God's Word, we're basing our lives on reality, not perceptions. Perceptions don't accomplish goals, substance does. To develop a good game plan in life, know who you really are and where you're going, and then pursue your goals.
2: Tony Dungy, author of the popular Uncommon book series. Discover more at CoachDungy.com. That's CoachDungy.com.
0: My name's Tim. I'm 17. All the male role models in my life did drugs, so it's no wonder I ended up just like them. I was down to 90 pounds when I came to Teen Challenge, but now I'm healthy and drug-free. If you know an adult or teenager who's struggling with a chemical addiction, Teen Challenge can help. Call us today at 417-581-2181, or reach us online at TeenChallengeUSA.com. This is Urban Family Talk. Lonnie Poindexter. dexter Don't ever ask God for patience. <laughs> just say, oh, Lord, help me to be more patient. No, don't do that. Well, why, Lonnie? Why shouldn't I do that? He'll give it to you, but you're not going to like how you get it. <laughs> well, Lonnie, what do you mean? How do you get patience? Trials and tribulations, my brethren. <laughs> That's how you get it. Lion Chasers. Weekday mornings at 10 Central on Urban Family Talk. America's election headquarters. With the president calling him a
1: future star of the Republican Party, 37-year-old African-American political newcomer John James marched to a convincing win in Michigan's Republican primary for the U.S. Senate. President
0: Trump, if you're listening, thank you. I'm looking forward to making sure that we can serve all Americans, particularly Michiganders, supporting your agenda to make sure we keep growing this
1: economy. Once the race was called in favor of the Iraq war veteran turned businessman, James turned his guns on his next battle, defeating the incumbent Democrat, Debbie Stabenow.
0: Debbie Stabenow has been living on the taxpayer dime for 43 years with nothing to show for it. Well, I'll tell you what, she's in for the fight of her life in this fall.
1: Stabenow has easily fended off challengers in previous elections. She has 18 years of name recognition in Michigan, a comfortable lead in the polls, and more money than James. While James has the support of President Trump, the endorsement may not help as much in the general election. Trump won Michigan, but by a thin margin.
0: In Dearborn, Michigan, Mike Tobin, Fox News. You can watch a live stream of the show on Facebook or YouTube at Stacy on the Right. Now, back to the show on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk.
2: Welcome back to the program. We'll take your calls, 866-963-2037. Also, don't forget it's Truth For Youth Week. TruthforYouth.com is where you can get your free Truth for Youth Bible. And we'd be so excited to get that to you and make sure that you have an opportunity to. I'm just going to hold it up for the live stream people. Fantastic cartoons at the front, their manga cartoons, and then the New Testament at the back. And this week is the week that we're promoting this and hoping to get this copy in your hands, a free copy for you to give to your teen to share at school because we want to get these Bibles into high schools across the country. And there are two free ways to get the free Bible. Oh, and I forgot the wristband. Here it is. You get the wristband as well. And that is 800-733-4737. 800-733-4737. And that's between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. Central. So now... Let's kind of catch up on some of the news and things that we've had going on this week. First off, I, and I don't, I don't know if you guys saw the story. It's de Blasio setting up voting pipelines from prison to the ballot box. Now you, I, as soon as I saw the story, I thought, wait a minute. I thought if you were a felon, you couldn't vote. But that's not the case in every state. So you've got Mayor Bill de Blasio of New York City. He's a hardcore leftist, and they're trying to make sure they have enough people to vote outvote any candidates that might actually have a viable chance with legitimate voters and that's not to say that you can't be a legitimate voter after you've been incarcerated it depends on the laws in your state so you've got this program enabling inmates to register to vote directly from prison the prison will also begin collecting filled out absentee ballots and mail them on the inmates behalf This has been reported by the Wall Street Journal. Currently, the process demands prisoners mail ballots and voter registration forms through the General Postal Service, which allows for possible delays due to stringent security measures. So what they're saying is they they don't have they don't have people who are um, in in prison who have the opportunity to vote absentee. The process has not been set up. So de Blasio says from now on, we're going to change that. That's interesting, isn't it? Let's talk to Kevin from Kansas. Thanks for calling into the show today.
1: Yes, this is Kevin. Uh, yes. I really appreciate uh, the volume's kind of loud on, to hear on the phone, so you'll have to speak oh. up a little bit. But, okay. Uh, I want to encourage you. I uh, really enjoyed your program as I would get off after midnight uh, from work. and Now I get to listen to you before going to work. That's great. And uh, there was one thing that you said one time that really caught my ear. You were talking about somebody and I don't remember it, but you said, they don't want to come up against that buzzsaw. And that really,
2: (laughs) (laughs) that's funny. Well, I try to, I, I like laughing. I don't know about you. You probably like laughing too. So, you know, sometimes the political news can be a little on the depressing side and, and, in that same vein, there are some stories that I save over. So it's it's breaking news, but I save it over because I need to get more information on the tougher stories before I bring them to air. And other ones, we just crack right into them because we have to deal with the, the lay of the land. But it, it is politics is like a buzzsaw. I mean, there <laughs> there are a lot of analogies we can put up against it. But I do like to laugh and, and try to have fun in addition to being informed and I know most people would rather hear the news than rather you know and and I do get upset and I do rant sometimes, but i I prefer to keep it um you know a, a little calmer than that because people can't who wants to listen to somebody yelling and screaming all the time uh not that you know not that we have hosts on this station that do that, but it's it's tough because the news is is often. Not so great. Thank you so much for listening. I'm glad um, that you're transferring over to the daytime. The the nighttime was fantastic, though. I got so many messages from people who listen at night. People are up. People are still coming, you know, doing stuff at, at midnight. All right. So I want to also talk about the. We uh, Yeah, we have time. If this was a story that I I kind of teased yesterday from Reuters. Um, And they're talking about this diplomatic feud between the kingdom of Saudi Arabia and the Canadians. Now, here's what's interesting about this. Nowhere, like, so obviously I found a story about it online. Nowhere on the mainstream media, CNN, nobody. Now, you would think they would cover this because Donald Trump was such a horrible person for demanding that our allies treat us fairly on trade and saying that, people who maybe are allies kind of in name only, like China, that they have to treat us fairly on trade. And they just were losing their minds. Well, here you've got a Saudi Arabia that is being termed in this story as angry. So as of Tuesday, August 7th, 2018, Saudi grains organization, Sago, can no longer accept milling wheat or feed barley cargoes of Canadian origin to be supplied. This notice was seen by Reuters. One European trader said it was clear That if the decision involved only new purchases or delivery, it's not clear that the decision involved only new purchases or delivery of previously agreed contracts. But I would not deliver Canadian grains to Saudi Arabia now, even on previous contracts. Another trader said, this is to me clearly part of the diplomatic dispute between Saudi Arabia and Canada, and there is no other reason. So Sago agency usually gives sellers the freedom to select the origin of wheat. Purchased in its international tenders, generally specifying it must be sourced from the European Union, North America, South America, or Australia. Reuters further notes that in Sago's last purchase of 625,000 tons of wheat in an international tender, this was on July 16th, Canada was seen as a possible supplier. Now, one Middle Eastern grains consultant said, you know, it's not a great loss to Canada, um, both Canada and the U.S. lost the Middle East market a long time ago because we're at a freight disadvantage with higher ocean shipping costs to the EU and Black Sea export markets. But it's still an indication that the bilateral trade rep- relationship between the two nations is, is souring. And part of the reason why it's souring has something to do with um, terrorism and Canada's prime minister, Justin Trudeau, is kind of soft on terrorism and people committing terror and extraditing them and all of that stuff. So, I mean, there's a lot of differences between our country and Canada, obviously. But one thing we used to share was a kind of single-mindedness on what we would do with someone who was maybe caught in our country or Canada and Saudi Arabia wants them, you know, extradited so that they could um prosecute them so here's apparently what's going on with the the extradition thing there's a statement responding to a question about the reason for the activists arrest. Jubir said that charges against them would be made public once their cases reach the courts, repeating early allegations that they had been in touch with foreign entities. So they've got these people who they're, they're, they're not just in Saudi Arabia. They're all over the world. And Saudi Arabia is rebuking efforts at mediation with Canada and they're considering further actions. So they want to, uh, Canada wants to undermine Mohammed bin Salman, MBS, and the Saudi royal family. And it's Justin Trudeau and his partner, Princess Christia Freeland, the two of them are working hard against Saudi Arabia uh, on, on behalf of these individuals that Saudi Arabia wants to prosecute. So... Saudi Arabia on Sunday froze new trade with Canada and expelled the Canadian ambassador in retaliation for Ottawa's call to free arrested Saudi civil society activists. So Canada is basically meddling in the affairs of Saudi Arabia. And make no mistake about it. I don't see Saudi Arabia as this fantastic, wonderful actor towards their people. I've been there before. I've actually spoken to Saudi Arabians. I've purchased things out in and because we were allowed to come off base. We were allowed to go off base and shop and eat. They're wonderful people. They obviously have to live under Sharia law, but their whole uh, aspect is different from that of Americans. And we're we're so free. We don't even understand what not being free looks like in some, it, it's it's hard to describe, but Saudi Arabia, their prosecution of criminals and the things they're allowed to do to people who are convicted of crimes. It's totally different than here in this, in, in our country. So they've arrested some activists and, Christia Freeland, who is, you know, alarmed, has been sending out tweets, very alarmed to learn that Samar Badawi, Raif Badawi's sister, has been imprisoned in Saudi Arabia. Canada stands together with the Badawi family in this difficult time, and we continue to strongly call for the release of both. Well, the Saudi Arabians aren't hearing it. They do not want, um, they don't want this, this public display. So, free speech aside, Justin from Canada, Justin Trudeau, Actually has a realization of the consequences of the Foreign Minister Christian Freeland interfering and supporting extremism under the guise of advancing human rights, but Justin Trudeau's not going to back off of his position, which is what is encouraging the Saudi Arabian Kingdom to escalate so that 's why this kind of it's something that has to do with terrorism and them cracking down on activists in their country that they believe are connected to terrorism abroad. And Justin Trudeau is choosing to support his minister and treat it like it's a, it's some kind of uh, human rights issue. This is super, like, this is actually fascinating. This is actually news that they could be expounding upon. We could have our news apparatus expounding upon this and investigating this and talking to us about this instead of constantly worrying about the president's tweets or what kind of shoes Melania wore to what they could be reporting on this. And that's what kind of drives me a little bit crazy because you look around at the, the news sites and what are you seeing? Uh, well, Rudy Giuliani said something that must mean the president is guilty. Really? Um, S- Stone is going to possibly testify against Trump. Of course, Maddow and, and the tapes. Um, and I'm just seeing this. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Abby Huntsman of Fox News is going to join The View. Now, that actually is news. <laughs> and why is it news? Because Abby Huntsman is going to get eaten alive there just like every other conservative woman has. Um, but at least there will be two now. It will be Abby Huntsman joining Megan McCain. And the two of them will be with Whoopi Goldberg, Joy Behar, and Sonny Hostin. I'm still not going to watch it. But I got to say at least there will be two conservative women But Abby Huntsman is kind of moderate. And so I I don't I don't that's that's not actually the greatest of news. And then keeping with the entertainment side, we've got Megyn Kelly talking about how she's going to uh, she opposes um, Jimmy Kimmel hosting the Oscars because he has previously expressed disdain for Republicans. Well, that's nice of her to say, um, but he's still probably going to be the host. So yesterday I mentioned on air about the story, and it's it's now everywhere, um, of this guy who's on the border training kids to do school shootings and how he was affiliated with, and he's a Muslim and he's been affiliated with national Muslim organizations here in this country. And so I, I'm not sure how much more clear I can make it that this is something that is connected to his practice of Islam, but he was apparently going to... He, The reason that they were even discovered is that he took his son to this training camp in Arizona and he did that because he wanted to, quote unquote, get demons out of the boy, but in a Muslim fashion. So when the news is reporting on this, if you listen, they're all reporting on it as if it's some kind of exorcism, which then they can try to connect to white Christianity and so-called extremism. The reality is the reason he's training kids how to do school shootings is because he's a terrorist and he's practicing Islam. So I hope that's clear. That's what's in the news. It's on Fox News. It's on Breitbart. It was on KWCH yesterday when I saw the story and reported it on the air. It's obvious that this is something that is a, that has to do with the practice of Islam because the guy's name was he had a regular name before that. I reported on that yesterday on the show. So I just want to clarify that and make it clear This isn't some Christian extremist or some right winger or something like that. This is a man who has been practicing Islam since he was a boy, whose father was named in indictments against Muslim extremist organizations. He himself practices Islam. A dead child was found on the property and the other children who were found were in poor condition, poorly clothed, barely fed. And this guy was training them how to do school shootings. And he was doing all of that and his name. He has a Muslim name and he's adopted and he practices Islam and has been in the the leadership of national Muslim organizations. So it's terrible. It's an absolute travesty. And also the person who owns the actual property where they kind of moved in and set up camp said he was at first unaware they were there, the, the landowner. Then he was aware they were there. And then he thought what's going on here? And then he finally moved in to try to, to expel them from the property and investigate what they were doing. And that's when all of this came together about the child who was missing and, and the other dead child was found on the property. So dereliction all over the place, but thank God they found him before he was able to fully train these kids and send them out into school districts to do these school shootings. So, you know, you're, I'm sure leftists all over the place are trying to find a way to connect this to the national rifle association. And that is absolute garbage. It has nothing to do with lawful ownership of guns or the NRA or anything else like that. What it has to do with is we've allowed too many people who are extremists to just run around free willy-nilly in this country, and we got to put a stop to it. That's it right there. That's the truth. All right, when we get back, we'll have hour two of Stacey on the right. We're going to be talking about Nancy Pelosi saying that voting for Democrats gives illegal immigrants leverage. Oh my goodness, she's back at it again, guys. That's our one. God bless. Have a wonderful afternoon and we'll be right back right after this.